0: had been substituted for uh, a movement that black activists were asking for, or are you saying black activists were opposed to that as a waste of space when they could be retweeting what black activists are saying?
1: They were opposed to it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much for bringing that out. We have almost no time left. I appreciate you bringing up that topic. I appreciate all of the callers today. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Um, you know, it can be a little difficult figuring out how to hone the topic here. I do appreciate you staying with the general topic of bringing us other information that you have is always important. I want to thank you um, for, for uh, calling in, for tuning in, and for listening. And um, thank you for acting uh, and, and your bravery and acting in, in society. And I, I, I look forward to uh, next week when we can find out what's happened in the last week. So thank you for tuning in to KBOO. Talk radio, and uh, this is Linda Olson Osterlin, the host for today. Tuning off, and um, thank you, Ty, for you your help today, and thank you to all of the staff
1: about at came like you know, like You're, minute You're listening to KBOO, Portland, ninety point seven FM. The time is eight fifty nine AM. Next up we have Press Watch. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> hmm.
2: This is Tough Watch, a weekly counter-propaganda and left opinion program here on your free people-supported radio station, KBLO Portland. I'm Theresa Mitchell. Join me for a brief peek behind the video veil of monopoly media manipulation and an examination of the news you're not supposed to know. Last week, I brought up the idea of a petition calling for bringing in the United Nations Human Rights Council to expose U.S. police departments in their institutionalized racist violence. This week, you can join more than 700 people who have already signed the petition. It's on change.org for now. Though so after talking with a certain professor, expert in human rights, I think it may change form and venue. And thanks to all of you who have already signed it's just been up for a few days. You can find the link on my Facebook feed under Teresa Mitchell. So look uh, under Facebook under Teresa Mitchell, uh, go back a few posts, and you will find that link uh, to sign a petition to bring in the human excuse me to bring in the United Nations Human Rights Council in the same way that they've been brought to other dictatorships um, to go from police department to police department to collect information and to expose and bring the attention of the world. Uh, to the activities and the historic actions of U.S. police departments. Nothing has ever worked. All the all the uh, reforms have been ignored, uh, and I guarantee you that all of the people who employ those police departments, all the mayors and the governors, um, are just waiting for the current spasm to go away as they always have so that they can continue in the very profitable system of maintaining police violence against everyone and particularly against people of color and particularly against black Americans. So I would like to ask, I'd like to ask you as a KBOO listener, what has been the response to the massive national protests and riots certainly it has not been a move towards meaningful change. Trump has taken the worst attitude. So idiotically belligerent that he was castigated by none other than his former advisor, general mad dog Mattis, but there has not been a nationally cogent proposal to pay reparations, to pay reparations and to institute a universal basic income. And so this is what I would like to ask you about today. Uh, we have uh, a little less than 30 minutes now and, uh, may have time for your calls. number is 503-231-8187. Now, the revolt has come at a time when 40 million people have applied for unemployment compensation. The number of bodies available to express their collective will is larger than it has been for generations. Therefore, this historic moment also comes with historic opportunity. As of today, we can't be sent back to work. I would like to thank and congratulate those of you who uh, made international news by laying down on the Burnside Bridge for nine minutes to protest the, the killing of George Floyd. Did you know that there are only 686, 665 police officers in the United States and 40 million currently unemployed people? That's, uh, that was a quote that I found on uh, on Twitter, and of course it was referring to the official numbers. Of 40 million. But if you take the real total unemployed of 60 million, that comes out to 870 people per cop. And even if we assume that lefties have a lower percentage of gun ownership, it probably works out to one or 200 firearms per cop. Let that sink in for a moment. Let's cut it in half to allow for people who never care enough to fight for revolution and say that there's only 100 armed, piss off hungry people per per cop. There will, never be, there will never be a better time for a revolution. And what's more, if we play it right, no one has to fire their weapon. No wonder Trump wants to betray every molecule of the Constitution by employing the armed forces against the people. Maybe he's imagining a great big bloody tenement square massacre in every city. Well, it isn't going to happen, Trumpy, because if you set the army against its own people, some of them are going to come over to the side of their own kids and grandmas nor does the traditional but-they-have-nukes argument apply with this sort of popular mobilization, with this level of mobilization. If those nuclear weapons specialists at Minot Air Air Base are willing to consider taking acid, and yes, they did take acid on duty, I'll bet they're willing to consider fighting on the side of the people, or better yet, refusing to fight at all. And by the way, uh, this is the anniversary of Tiananmen Square, and uh, it's... uh, there are protests in uh, in Hong Kong against this, and Hong Kong is about the only place where uh, it is possible in China to uh, to protest. They're marking the anniversary of Tiananmen Square crackdown, according to the South China Morning Post, admit a police ban against the Victoria Park vigil because of COVID-19 rules, they say, limiting gatherings. Residents were stocking up on candles uh, this afternoon in preparation for small-scale and it's just gone past midnight, so technically it's Friday now, and just past the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. Uh, police, police cited health reasons for prohibiting the mass commemoration. Sound familiar? And uh, more than 3,000 riot officers were due to be deployed there in Hong Kong to enforce the ban against the mass June 4th rally and other public gatherings. This is to China, the same as pointing out that uh, demolition, demolition explosives and thermite traces are in the U.S. 9-11 false flag stunt evidence. It officially doesn't exist, and talking about it will generate flights and cause the authorities to trace you same sort of thing but uh, people have been protesting against trump's america and against white police violence across the world and i want to ask where does it go from here and i think it really depends on whether we have the imagination to create a better world those protests in all 50 states in amsterdam and london and new zealand and berlin they weren't just about george floyd They're about 400 years of sucking the blood of black people in the Americas, and by extension, they're about blood-sucking on behalf of the vampire capitalist elites generally. Here we are in the richest nation on earth, and the elites that have stacked up their wealth on our labor for generation after generation think we're just going to give up and go away now while the children are still waiting for lunch. I think at the very least, there should be a major bill in Congress right now to pay reparations to black America. Obviously, we do have the money. How about defunding police departments? Provide some of the money, although obviously there's also trillions sitting in offshore illegal uh, tax evasion accounts. Call in the number, call 503-231-8187. I was talking about last week, do uh, you ever wonder just how much the boss's boss's boss makes from your work? You can get a rough estimate by dividing gross domestic product by the total hour of numbers works, and it comes out an average of $104 per hour. Are you being paid $104 per hour? Not likely, unless you have your own law practice. No, and the remaining 80% or so goes to people who work the least. That's how you get billionaires. I talked about this last week. Put up a script on Facebook last night. Just look up Teresa Mitchell. And as I was saying, you can also find the, uh, the link to that petition to call in the United Nations. In analyzing the present moment, I want to turn to the president of the NAACP, as printed in the UK Guardian. uh, Derek Johnson is the president and CEO, pardon me, of the NAACP, and he writes, each year more than 1,000 civilians nationwide are killed by police. And black people are three times more likely to be slain than white people, despite also being more likely to be unarmed. Only 1% of those officers ever face charges. This kind of weaponized racism takes a toll on black people nationwide. It starts early. The vast majority of black families find it necessary to have the talk with their children. No, not the one about the birds and the bees. This talk prepares them to expect unfair and disrespectful treatment from police and to accept such treatment because the slightest objection could result in their death. The racism that is embedded in our country's policies, systems, and practices may be historical, but it is not inevitable. The COVID-19 crisis, for example, is still young and the U.S. has time to change the racist form our response is already taking, <coughs> pardon me. with people of color standing first in line for exposure, but last when it comes to relief. We could ensure that frontline workers, disproportionately black and brown, have sufficient safety equipment and that employers are held accountable to keep their workers, not just their profits, safe. We could lighten the burden of student debt for a generation that faces interrupted careers and uncertain job prospects. There is much the country could do if we had the will. And speaking for myself, as I said, the money is obviously there. I never forget how easily they, they grabbed $2 trillion, $2,000 for the super rich. Never forget that. But returning to the article by, in the Guardian by the president of the NAACP, <clears throat> Today, the clarion call to all decent, caring people is simple and emphatic. Vote. Our lives depend on it. But racism robs nations of the will to do the right thing. If conscience won't suffice, then power must. In America, political power comes from the strength and preservation of the constitutional democracy and through our votes. There are many paths our country could take to ensure black and brown people can make their voices heard and their lives matter and all lead to the ballot box. Today, more than any time in recent memory, the clarion call to all decent, caring people is simple and emphatic, vote, our lives depend on it. Now, speaking for myself again, uh, my attitude is that uh, the ballot box is very much diluted, and uh, there's only so much power available there by design. And yet, that power is coming up, and uh, I think that it should be used. I mean, we uh, we wouldn't tell a revolutionary to... Uh, take out every third bullet and I won't ask you not to vote uh, because voting has been compromised voting is compromised Uh, the the gerrymandering the the poll closure uh, the attacks on the postal service uh, the the outright discarding of ballots. there's so many ways to keep the people from expressing themselves through the ballot and yet if you don't vote in the first place uh, you're throwing away that much power however much that is you're throwing it away and I say don't But returning to the NAACP, uh, President and CEO Derek Johnson's writings, across the country, large numbers of people from all walks of life have joined peaceful protests against racist police violence, offering welcome, solidarity, and recognition of the searing frustration and anger of black people who have seen too many friends and family die senselessly. More violence can never be the answer, nor can we allow those of ill will to distract and inflame. Our message is simple. Racism is killing black people in America, and we are done dying. Again, that was from Derek Johnson. Uh, president and CEO of the NAACP. He's on Twitter at Derek NAACP.
1: Teresa, we have Bruce on the line.
2: All right. This is a call in show. You're listening to KBOO Portland. The name of the show is Press Watch News. You're not supposed to know. I'm Teresa Mitchell. And I'll just go to that next caller. Hi there. Good morning.
1: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, the. Um I agree totally on the reparations. I mean, it's it's a part of what has to be done. There has to be a rethinking of the way money's distributed. I, I'm sorry, but Jeff Bezos and Gates and they have to have. There has to be some sort of requisitioning and taking back um, the money that is needed to to rectify this situation and some of it's going to have to come from the people that have the biggest part of the pie and it's uh, it's almost like you'd have to nationalize microsoft i mean it's that serious this these people in this country have to be made whole again 40 million people unemployed they're going to have to come up with something that's going to dwarf the new deal that's where we are right now their money has to be spent right now if you live in canada
2: You already would have received $8,000, $2,000 a month. Canada can do it. Why can't the U.S. do it? Because the U.S. system is is based on making us all desperate. The money is definitely there. We are being forced into extreme poverty and desperation. They are acting on us by withholding those funds. And right now, there is a relief bill going through Congress, and it doesn't even include further universal basic income pay, uh, payments, which are so needed, at least during the, the pandemic. I mean, aside from any other argument about how a society might need it, of course it has to be paid during the pandemic, but they've, they've already dropped that from the bill, and Trump's saying he'll veto whatever it is. Uh, that's how opposed our government is to our existence, and I think it's outrageous, and it's more sharply defined now than I've ever seen it in my life. I mean, they're, they're against us. Our government is against us.
1: T- Teresa, can you hear me? Yeah. It's an, you know, Amazon's an idea with a giant public-paid infrastructure. Idea, it, it, Amazon's just an idea. It'd be just as good as the United States Internet Delivery Service. I mean, it's, it could be just like the post office. The money that they're talking about, which desperately needs to be spent to rectify the situation, has to come from income redistribution. It's just got to. Thank you yeah, so much. The, thanks for calling in. Yeah,
2: yeah, and the the, uh, the money that is stacked up by Bezos and and Zuckerberg, uh, it's you know, and, and the other billionaires, the Walmart heirs, for example. Uh, when you talk about billions of dollars given to a single person, you're talking about the wealth of the emperors, and they did not earn that money. It is, and it's habitual to say, oh, they've earned two billion a year or or sixty billion or something like that. They didn't earn it. Other people earned it. They accumulated it by a very vampiric version of capitalism. And I think it is only rational to limit that. Uh, I'm okay uh, with there being some rich people. I'm okay with uh, Zuckerberg and and, uh, uh, Bezos having a couple of million to play with. I mean, that's plenty of money. They can go around the world, do whatever they want, buy the most expensive car they can buy. That's just fine. But to give them billions is to extract that from millions of workers. And uh, it, we see what a terrible uh, paradigm that is and how stupid it is. Uh, I'm not for punishing people. I, I don't believe in being vindictive. But there's no reason to allow billionaires to exist. And I'm not, I'm not saying not allow their bodies to exist or something violent like that. I'm saying don't let anyone accumulate billions of dollars because it's just crazy. I'm going to call with your comments and questions, five zero three two three one. Eight one eight seven five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. This is called Press Watch, the news you're not supposed to know. There's a lot going on. Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, said today, "quote I have verified information from an accurate source that Iván Duque, the president of Colombia, personally supervises through merit, through military leaders camps in Medellín and Antioquia and northern Santander." In Colombia, uh, groups of mercenaries regrouped with paramilitaries to prepare new incursions against Venezuela, in quotes. And uh, that's a quote from Radio Havana Cuba. And the reason it's significant is because this is the form that the U.S. aggression against Venezuela is taking. They're going to uh, pay and organize and supply Colombia to uh, attack and invade Venezuela. That's what's shaping up now. And you need to know that this is what your country is doing. It's very much kept from you. Because the last thing the U.S. military wants is for an outbreak of democracy in the United States and for we, the people, to decide that we don't want or or to, we already don't want to invade Venezuela, but for us to express uh, democratically our power is the last thing they want, and so that is being kept from your attention. And I have to turn to Radio Havana to find out what the hell is going on. Uh, Returning to that article, the Venezuelan president also assured the press that uh, the Colombian, uh, Duque government maintains the maritime incursion as an option despite the fact that the one carried on, on May 3rd by mercenaries was a complete flop. He reiterated that the authorities in Caracas denounced what's being prepared from Colombia but he said quote uh, Ivan Duque of Colombia went crazy uh, he said that uh, the Colombian head of state was instructed from the White House that it, this is the moment to intensify the preparation and to attack Venezuela so that's that's what's going on there as we have all of our problems and, and the amazing the amazing sights of so many millions of people out uh, protesting and calling for an end to racist police violence.
1: Teresa, we have a caller.
2: Sean. Uh, hi, let's go to the next caller then. Hi, how are you?
3: Good I'm morning. okay, Teresa. How are you? Doing pretty well. It's pretty upsetting times. Um, Teresa, I was really disappointed to see that retired African-American political scientist Adolf Reed, Jr., uh, was scheduled to speak at a Democratic Socialist of America meeting, and he was actually canceled because he was accused of being a class reductionist. Now, I want this corporate media to know that they're not fooling me. They're centering race over class as a way to avoid redistribution and, and compensation for, you know, the best way to achieve reparations would be to center class and, and redistribute wealth and this corporate media that is centering race right now they're not pulling the wool over my eyes they're doing this to avoid redistribution of wealth and avoid reparations because the best way to actually have reparations and redistribution would be to center class and and then i just want them to know they're not fooling me so i want to get your reaction to that
2: well, um, I would agree that the, the corporate media will take the tack that will be most diversionary and most uh, conformist. So it may be that they are taking that as you describe it. Uh, I do think, though, that uh, race is the, the crime that is in front of us and must be addressed first, and I'm glad that it is uh, being addressed. And I see that it is also uh, bringing out the, the class oppression generally in the United States uh, and right, I think and that like, if, it, if it were not for the fact that we have uh, 40 million officially and actually 60 million people out of work right now, we would not be seeing anything like
3: uh, right. Like Mr. 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 Floyd, Mr. Floyd, was unemployed. Uh, he was, you know, his life was basically crumbling around him, uh, struggling financially. Um, you know, and I think it would be a, a total, it would totally dishonor his, his, his hideous murder to avoid. Underlying class issues involved, and you know, of course, race is is number one, right? But but what would he, what if we could talk to him now? What would he say? He would say, "Let's have economic justice. Let's let's have a good life for everyone." Let th- this this sadistic cop, this this white cop who murdered him in broad daylight. Um, he was a member of the professional managerial class. He saw Mister Floyd as beneath him, not just racially, but also economically. And and I think, you know, poor people get treated like garbage every day in this country, and it isn't just race, it's also class, so.
2: It isn't just race, but it is primarily race when it comes to attacking black people. The hatred uh, that white people feel uh, for black people in this country is based on the fact that we know that, you know, speaking for myself as a white person, we know that we are collaborators in the criminality of the oppression. And the murder uh, of black people, and so but, but, okay, hey, let me hey, put it hey, this hey, way: Okay, let me, let me put it this way. Suppose uh, that were a white woman who tried to kite a, a bogus twenty dollars bill. Don't know that he actually did that. Suppose he did. Can you imagine her being crushed to death by a cop car with a knee on her neck? And what do you think would happen if they did? Or if it were a dog, if that if that cop had crushed the life out of a dog by putting his knee on his neck, and it was it was uh, put on television for everyone to watch over and over again what what sort of reactions do you think people would have it would just be it would have been far more explosive
3: you make than, an excellent uh, <laughs> point Teresa, there's no denying the truth of what you're saying but i think um adolf reed the the political scientist his argument is if we really want to see reparations if we will, really want to see redistribution we have to have something with universal appeal and re, you know like medicare for all uh, a universal basic income of $2,000 a month. These programs would achieve reparations simultaneously with economic justice, and I would also throw in environmental sanity, you know, if we're going to move towards a different economy that's not going to kill the planet. So um, I'll I'll stop there, and, and thank you so much for doing the show.
2: Okay, well, thanks for calling in. Uh, Adolph Reed, Jr., um, professor of political science at the University of uh, Pennsylvania, is known for saying that uh, identity politics, politics is a form of neoliberalism and this is something that uh, is also a popular idea in the uh, former uh, uh, SSRs and uh, it has its
3: uh, it has
2: its points I think Uh, but I'll go on with uh, talking about the uprising in the United States and the fact that I I want you to observe uh, you as a a KDO listener I invite you to observe the fact that the usual is going on. Uh, this is why I, I don't think that it's the solution. I don't even know if it's a solution, but I decided, decided to do something different uh, to acknowledge the fact that uh, right now, the establishment, if you will, capital e, is waiting us out, uh, even with uh, these gigantic demonstrations going on, uh, bigger, b- I don't, ironically, because of uh, the pandemic and people being out of work. Uh, even with this gigantic call uh, for change, you don't see governors and mayors coming out and saying, okay, we'll consider defunding the police departments because that's what needs to happen. We need something different uh, than, than the monster that we have in charge right now. Everyone's afraid of the police. Everyone has any sense. Uh, with the exception of wealthy whites, uh, there are places where Uh, People don't need to be afraid of the police. Uh, And I think we need to look at the fact that that's a sharp minority of the population. Like you go up Capitol Hill, every town has its uh, fancy places. If You go into Lake Oswego or Capitol Hill and you're white, well-dressed, you got a fancy car, you don't have to worry about the cops. Everyone else does. And uh, I have been stomped by cops and dragged off for being a tranny. I'm afraid, I'm terrified. When I get stopped uh, by a cop, when I feel those lights behind me, I'm terrified. And how much worse it would be if I were not only a tranny, but black, um, I think it would easily be deadly. Within my lifetime, uh, there have been times when I pissed off the cops and they actually drew guns on me. Um, I, I said, zig Heil to a cop in 1980 in Texas. And uh, I was just different enough. I had a beard uh, that was different enough in Texas in 1980. And they actually drew guns on me. And I guarantee you, if I was black, uh, my my corpse would be long, long dead.
1: we Weaver, call. Full,
2: full of holes, 357 car- caliber. This is the world we live in, and, and this is what we must address first because uh, there can never be a revolution while we continue, while we white people continue to betray everyone else. It's We are divided and we are conquered. And uh, it's only if you're calling through calling for reparations, calling for an immediate halt, calling for defunding police departments, let's risk it. Let's try something different. You know, whatever our, our change for police departments will be, it's not going to be as brutal. It's not going to be the police state that we currently endure. It's not going to be the mass incarceration that is worse than any place in the world, including China. We talk about, talk about, uh, how China is repressive. Well, by the numbers, they are not as repressive as we are and we need to look at it. And, uh, as I was saying last week, we, uh, we white people need to acknowledge, repent, and atone. A-R-A, acknowledge, repent, atone. And, and, uh, Preparations are part of a, a toning. And I'll go to the next caller. Number call, 503-231-8187. Hi, you're on the air. Sam. Sam. Hi, Sam.
3: Good morning, Teresa. So, so I called in last week when you were talking about getting the U.N. involved in what's going on in Portland. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a local, something that we could do right here, and that is every time there's a deadly force used by the police, the headlines are always the same. They say the officer has been placed on administrative leave pending an investigation. That means that whoever killed a person can go home in their bathrobe and watch The Prices Right and continue to get paid. There's a thing called there's a thing called leave without pay. If you use your sidearm and you kill a person, I think you should be put on uh, you should be suspended without pay.
2: Well, that's a good point. And I think we need to look at what is normally done. I mean, not only are the cops given this, you know, this very careful velvet glove treatment, uh, but the cops uh, that, that killed George Floyd and all the killer cops are allowed to go through this uh, grand jury process. And uh, that might sound scary, but a grand jury is actually a group of people who decide whether to charge on a major crime, a capital crime. and. Uh, It's set up, it is so rigged for police. Uh, The prosecutors, the same people who have, you know, who work with the police uh, day in, day out, will set up a grand jury process, and they basically uh, bring in people and and create Stockholm Syndrome uh, in these sequestered people on the grand jury. Uh, They frighten them, they tell them the only choice they have is very specific, and they have this whole rigmarole they go through to frighten, you know, a majority of white, usually entirely white Uh, people into going along with a no bill, with not charging the cop. That's how they do it. So uh, it's important to watch the grand jury process. It's important to know, uh, especially as a white person, uh, you can use your privilege uh, in the right way by getting on those grand juries and knowing in advance that they're going to try to bamboozle you and that all you're really doing is deciding whether it should go to trial or not and making it go to trial no matter.